morning, apes. It is barely still morning here, but we are here. We are live, and we are happy to see you guys here on this beautiful Wednesday morning slash afternoon. It is currently 11.53 a.m. Eastern Time. We are, of course, coming at you live from the Daily PL Global Headquarters. Obviously, I am David from WSO. Here to go over everything markets related to yesterday, what's moving markets here today. It's looking like a pretty good day so far. Markets are relatively strong for a morning session here. Uh, we're definitely excited to get into things. we got a lot to go over. Very fun addition for you guys today. That's why I'm hanging out with my close personal friend, Dave Portnoy, CEO and founder of Barstool Sports. We are. Uh, I was actually just talking to him on the phone earlier because we are close personal friends. He doesn't know that yet, but at some point, hopefully he will. And uh, he did receive a pretty big award today. So I'm sure that he'll be giving a an acceptance speech at some point. Obviously, in a tuxedo, we'll roll out the red carpet. We'll get into that in just a couple of minutes on exactly what the hell I'm talking about right now. But for now, let's go ahead and get into it. So daily peel number 610 for, like I said, Wednesday, December 20th, 11.54 a.m. now. I'm pretty sure I already said that stuff. But either way, in this issue of the peel, we are going to be talking about some housing data, of course. We're probably going to be doing the same thing tomorrow. So I hope you guys aren't sick of it just yet. Housing market is arguably, I mean, as if this is different any other time, but easily the most important factor driving the economy right now. So we'll get into all of that and the data that was released yesterday. We also got some big movements from names like Affirm and UBS and some movements in the wrong direction from pieces of shit like Fuel Cell and FedEx. And we'll dive into exactly what was going on there, why they declined so much, and probably make fun of them a little bit too along the way. And then, of course, the most prestigious award show in all of finance, in all of the United States, probably in the history of the world. The Platinum Bananas are back. We only had four issued last year, and you guys definitely let us know at the time that some more Platinum Bananas would be ideal. So we got seven to give up this year, seven trading days left, including today, and so we'll be going over all of that stuff with you guys. By the way, if anybody has an idea for a Platinum Banana that you would like to see, if it's better than some of the ideas that I have already, I'm happy to bump some of those if there's some stuff that you guys want to see. But for now, let's go ahead and dive into the movements of markets yesterday. Pretty good day overall, especially on the small cap side of things. We had nearly a 2% gain in the Russell 2000, while the rest of the indices were up fairly decent. The S&P's 59 bits rise actually brought up the rear. So if that's the worst performance for a big index, it's a fairly good day. Obviously, some insider trading was occurring at the same time because WSO Alpha mirrored the S&P's performance. That probably shouldn't happen all that often, but clearly those apes did it yesterday. So I don't know what's going on, but somebody should probably call the SEC on those guys. I don't want to rat out my own team, but one of you definitely should because we don't need those room temps running the portfolio. It makes me nervous for my retirement. But if you want to get in on the fun, definitely go ahead and check that out. WSO Alpha Overview or slash Overview. I don't really know what the link is. I meant to link it here, and I do apologize for that. But you could probably find it with a quick Google search. Yields, however, we haven't talked about yields in a little while because they've been so damn boring lately. But it's always good to see bonds go back to their good old boring ways. That shows some kind of normalization in the market and, most importantly, in investor sentiment, especially when it comes to the smart money world of bonds. Now, the 10 years is still well below 4%. I don't know if it's well below, but it's right around the 3.91% line, so decently below. While the two-year is firmly below the uh, 4.5%, it's having a tough time breaking back above. It seems like that's going to be a technical point of resistance for the two-year yield. Definitely something to stay in tune with, especially as we uh, as the rate narrative changes going forward into 2024. Let's go over some quick headlines that we didn't get into. Well, actually, we did get into this first one here, but we wanted to give you guys a chart to look at as well. We'll open that up in just a quick second. But also, uh, the Red Sea, I mean, things going on over there, it is definitely not a pretty scene. Much like my locker and really my presence in high school more generally, and still today, people are just trying to avoid it at all costs. It's dangerous territory over there. It looks like 
uh, some terrorist groups or some rebel groups over in Yemen, as well as others within the Middle East are causing a lot of commotion over there. Uh, you know, obviously that's some political stuff. We don't really get into it too much, but it is affecting the shipping companies. So it's going to be affecting some presents under the Christmas tree or however you celebrate the holidays. Uh, but definitely be on the lookout for that. And don't get too mad at Santa if his stuff was delivered a little bit late. Now, of course, would you really be surprised to learn that BMW drivers are not only huge scumbags, but just about the biggest, uh, uh, the most likely to get a DUI on the road? So they're not only huge scumbags, but they're the biggest drunks out there. Tesla had a pretty bad performance in this report overall, saying, I believe that they were the most accident-prone drivers out there, too. Can't say I'm too surprised when you're an Elon Musk fanboy. And that guy's tweeting every five minutes. you got to go on your phone to check things out. So not too surprised to see that Tesla drivers get in those accidents too much. What we were surprised to see, however, is that building is back. There's been a lot of things that are back in 2023. Deal flow, volcano eruptions, white-collar crime, other fun stuff that we love to get into here at The Daily Peel. It's all coming back in 2023, and so is building homes. If you're a 20-something like myself, Get, this is the first kind of sign of optimism, of true, real, sustained optimism that we've gotten in the housing market since probably before 2008, if I'm being quite honest with you guys. But we're seeing a huge gain in housing starts across the whole board. Anything related to new residential construction was up last month. Let's go ahead and take a look at the chart here. This is from uh, the Housing and Urban Development, a.k.a. HUD, a.k.a. what Selena Meyer from Veep loves to make fun of. That is a phenomenal show on HBO. Everybody should go check that out. But as you guys can see here, completion starts and permits all up in the month of November. So permits, essentially this is referring to local, state, federal government saying, okay, you have the all clear to go ahead and build, whether it's a multifamily home, a single family home, an apartment building, whatever it may be, they get the permit. It's future permission for new housing. So it's a great indicator of new housing supply to come online. That was up about 0.7% compared to October and November. Definitely a strong gain compared to what we've been seeing for the past couple of years. So moving in the right direction there. Housing starts, on the other hand, got a huge jump last month. We saw an 18% gain in single-family housing starts. It was a little bit weaker on the multifamily side of things. We saw an actual decline, which brought the total number of housing starts to about a 14.8% gain. That's still a huge jump and brought that up to at the highest level since about spring of 2022. Obviously, we love to see that because that was right when rate hikes were starting to take place. It does take a little bit for those rate hikes to impact the housing market. So it's no surprise to see that we are at new building highs from uh, you know April and May of 2022. Those rate hikes probably hadn't worked through at that point. Obviously, they have now, and we're starting to see signs that the effects of those rate hikes might finally be receding a little bit because we got such a huge starts number. Completions is less important. It's mostly a coincident indicator rather than a leading indicator. So it's definitely something to be aware of, but unless you're in the housing market looking for a spot right now, it doesn't really affect you all that much. Either way, we have 1.143 million new units online as of November. We love to see that. Like I said, that's the highest level since April of 2022. And it looks like permits is actually at the highest level since May of 2022. So it's a good time for future housing supply. We might not be homeless forever like we were thinking. We might even be able to get into a house that we can afford. I know it's a crazy idea to say that at the it's just a crazy prospect, but let's go ahead and take a look at this chart on housing starts and building permits. This is from Daily Chart Book. Shout out to those guys in their newsletter. Keeps it very simple with a couple of charts they're sending you every day. But as we can see, this white line here, this is the spike. That's that 14.8% that everybody's talking about. Clearly, this comes after some harsh declines that we've been seeing. Nothing like over 2020, but still not at that normalization point that we want from back here. Uh, it looks like we're starting to move back into pre-GFC, not pre-COVID, but pre 
GFC levels of home building. That's at least the trend. You guys know that we always pay much more attention to the trend and the direction of that trend rather than the level itself. Because in economics, expectations really is everything when it comes to stuff like this. It's not a hard science where every single system is kind of repeatable and provable like that. When things happen in economics, it's going to vary. It's going to depend on a lot of external factors. It's very expectations driven. So seeing things like this, paying much more attention to the trend than the actual level of the outcome is going to be more important because it's that trend that average everyday people are paying attention to and planning around. And that's really what drives these economic decisions that lead to those, you know, overarching outcomes down the line. Now, that was, of course, great to see. I mean, for us, the housing market here, it's a really important thing to be following as well. I know we talk about it all the time, but it's basically the housing market is a leading indicator of the overall economy, in addition to be making up about one fifth of overall U.S. GDP, overall economic activity, makes up about 20 percent in any given year. But because it's such a leading indicator, that makes housing essentially the Jackie Moon of the economy in the sense that it's both a player and a coach. So that's why we pay attention to it so much. We're going to have even more on this to talk about tomorrow because we've got a lot of data on the housing market coming out. And in these last couple of weeks of the year, there's not a whole lot of other economic news to be paying attention to because everybody's kind of going home, spending time with their families and everything else like that. I know it's hard to believe that a lot of these Wall Street guys actually do have families that they know and actually spend time with, but it's that time of the year. So definitely some good stuff to be paying attention to in the meantime. We'll, of course, keep you guys updated. Speaking of things that we should be paying attention to, let's go ahead and look at some big stock movements of the day. First and foremost, we have Affirm. I would have bet a million dollars that thing that this thing would have gone bankrupt before moving up over five times this year. Given the rate hiking environment, it just didn't seem like a buy now, pay later company. I would have the stones to be able to fight through it, but they clearly did. Anybody who held this in their portfolio proved me one million percent wrong. Now, they did get there through a lot of begging. Now, we don't really know the details of the behind the scenes and how these deals were inked. But either way, Affirm keeps on making those partnerships with big name retailers like Amazon and specifically yesterday was the announcement related to Walmart. So you can now add a self-checkout line at Walmart at pretty much every Walmart in the country, just about 97% of the 4,622 total stores. You can go to self-checkout for your, you know, whether you're going in there to purchase a $12 or whatever the fuck they sell at Walmart, you can go in there and actually pay that in monthly installments instead of just paying for it right there. Stuff we love to see, making access to uh, purchasing things even easier. The U.S. economy, we love nothing more than going out and spending money on random shit that we don't need. And this is a great way to maximize even more of that. So just another way for you to go out and contribute to the economy in four monthly installments or whatever else it may be, whatever that rate's going to be. But either way, we love to see it. Congrats to the team over at Affirm for not going bankrupt. Moving on down to UBS Group. Now, obviously, UBS has been going through quite a lot over the past uh, couple of months here with the integration of Credit Suisse. People have been pretty sketched out on exactly how it's going so far. And in fact, it's so sketched out. If we go ahead and Google UBS stock here, they won't even tell you what the market cap is, which is a little bit sus because they do tell you what the PE ratio is. So obviously, they kind of know what's going on, but they won't even indicate this market cap because that integration is still so up in the air. So... It's very up in the air. Nobody really knows what's going on, but Sevion or maybe Kevion, I don't really know how to pronounce it. Sevion Capital announced that it had taken a $1.3 billion stake. They're very confident in this integration of Credit Suisse. They came out and basically said that it's going super well, bringing in that new CEO, Sergio Armodi, compared to whatever that bum's last name was, is definitely proving to be the right decision here. They went is even as far to call it the next Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley is way bigger than UBS, uh, but 
you know, these guys think that they can get up there. They put a $58.10 price target on there. That's about 50 Swiss francs is the actual price target that they did. We went ahead and converted that uh, because I don't know what the hell a Swiss franc is, but I do know what a U.S. dollar is. And so we went ahead and made that conversion. Look out for that price target. A lot of gains to go. That's nearly a double that they're calling for. So pretty ballsy stuff from Sevillon Capital. But what lacked any balls whatsoever was, of course, these stocks down here in the what's rotten section. Fuel cell energy. This was one of the grossest earnings report I have ever seen. I had to take some time off yesterday because I just got so damn nauseous. I had to run and go get some Zofran to, in order to be able to stomach reading the rest of this report. Basically, revenue was down about 43% annually. They missed revenue estimates. Even with that being down 43%, that was way lower than even the street was guiding for. Street was expecting 25 million in Q3 revenue. They got about 22.5 million. And although they did somehow manage to beat on earnings, losing one cent less per share is not something that you should get credit for. They lost seven cents a share while the street was expecting a wider loss of about eight cents per share. But it was that demand disruption that really got analysts on edge. Uh, fuel cell, they produce a lot of stuff related to clean energy, everything from kind of like the natural gas, you know, modern clean energy stuff that we actually use to the next generation clean energy, hydrogen type shit like that. I'm the furthest thing from a scientist. You guys know this. So I don't really know how any of that stuff works, but clearly the people who do know how that stuff works aren't big fans of fuel cell and the products that they're selling. Tough quarter last uh, over the last couple of months. Speaking of a tough quarter, FedEx, it was just Yesterday wasn't too bad, but the after hours was atrocious. And thankfully, we went ahead and looked at this much later in the evening. So we were able to kind of digest the earnings report a little bit more, and it was trash. So earnings came in at $3.99 per share versus expectation for $4.18 per share. Revenue also missed a $22.2 billion instead of the $22.4 that the street was expecting. And it's not like they came out and said, like, oh, it's inflation. Oh, it's a cyber attack or something that damaged our earnings. They literally came out and said that it's lower demand surcharges and customers switching to cheaper services. They basically came out and said that our business model does not work at the current price point. Obviously the market's gonna absolutely throw up at that. I haven't looked at the stock's performance yet today, so let's go ahead and find out together in real time. Yeah, down 10.9, no, 11% today. Absolutely horrific. We might be writing about it again tomorrow, so definitely stay tuned there, but solid day for UPS to see their number one enemy get that ripped. Now. Let's get into why I'm hanging out with my close personal friend, Dave Portnoy, here today. It's that time of the year again, apes. We always talk about earnings season being the most wonderful time of the year. Really, it is this time of the year, but not because of the holidays or anything, because it is officially platinum banana season. We have had enough time to review the events of 2023. We're coming out giving out all of our awards. We have seven platinum bananas to go around this year. Today was the first one. Now, Obviously, this is one of the most prestigious awards on Wall Street. You know, we've known that for the past three years since we started to give them out. But it's becoming some of the most prestigious awards in America. So now all these deals aren't all these awards aren't necessarily going to be directly related to CEOs, their companies, their stock performance. And that was exemplified in this very first one here. The Platinum Banana for Deal of the Year. So this is basically a merger, an acquisition, anything that requires calling somebody on a phone and signing a piece of paper to make some sort of business deal, some sort of investment. That's what we were looking at this year. So in considering 2023, you might be thinking that, oh, First Citizen saving Silicon Valley Bank. That was a pretty sweet deal. JP Morgan buying First Republic for pennies on the dollar was a pretty big deal. The one that we just talked about, UBS's arranged marriage with their former rival Credit Suisse was a huge deal, but none of these were as impressive, as pure outright impressive in terms of business sense as 
Dave Portnoy and the reacquisition of Barstool Sports. I mean, congrats to my good friend. I don't know which side of me he's on right now. I can't see myself, but congratulations to Mr. Dave Portnoy for taking home the Platinum Banana Award for Deal of the Year. If you guys don't remember what happened, beginning in 2020, Porno, well, it actually started way back in 2016 when an investor group took a stake in Barstool Sports. Then in 2020, uh, essentially Penn Entertainment, the gambling casino operator, came in and they started taking stakes of their own. Eventually, by 2023, by February of this year, they had 100% control of the media and lifestyle empire that is Barstool Sports for a total all-in cost of $551 million. Six months later, Dave Portnoy went ahead and purchased the thing back for literally $1. That is the greatest short sale I have ever seen in the history of business. Bill Ackman in his trade in Herbalife is incredibly jealous of Dave and his ability to do this. It's especially impressive because Portnoy is, quite frankly, kind of an idiot, or at least plays the character of kind of an idiot on Twitter, on his live streams, with all the gambling that goes on. But he was able to make one of the best trades we have ever seen. This was plain and simple, a short sale. He went ahead and sold all of his equity in Barstool to Penn. This is the exact same things that happen when you sell any kind of stocks, when you sell any stocks short, you're selling all of your equity in that to another party. Now, with the ultimate goal being to go back and reacquire it at a lower price, that's exactly what Dave did. He went back in after selling for $551 million and bought it back for $1. That is basically an infinite return, if you ask me. I mean, one of the greatest trades we've ever seen. Got to give respect where respect is due. So shout out to Mr. Poynard, the founder of Davy Dre Trader Global Global. Uh, which was, you know, uh, probably the single most entertaining piece of media during the entirety of the pandemic. So it's no wonder to see that somebody with such great trading experience like Mr. Portnoy himself was able to make a trade like this. But we were just glad to see him back on the streets of Manhattan, inking deals, making money, and entertaining us all more than anything. The big question, is this the best short sale of all time? I mean, shout out to George Soros and breaking the Bank of England for shorting the pound with Stan Drunkenmiller and everything. But I think Dave Portnoy might have a thing and true to say to Mr. Portnoy, to Mr. Soros, excuse me, and Drunkenmiller. Uh, will Portnoy ever sell Barstool again? If he does sell Barstool again, we didn't get into this in the edition today, but if he does sell Barstool again, he has to get 50% of the proceeds to Penn Entertainment. That was part of their deal. That's really uh, why Penn even made the deal for that $1 price. But... Maybe that's indicative that Dave will sell. He came out a couple months, maybe years ago. I don't really know what it was, but he made some kind of video saying that he would never set Barstool again. The boys are back. We're getting right back into the scumbaggery, the degeneracy, the gambling that Barstool is known and loved for. So we'll see if that happens. But if they do sell again, 50% of that bag is going straight to Penn. Who's going to win this next year? Are we going to give out a deal of the year next year? We'll see what happens. We'll see if any deals are worthy of this kind of Awesome and phenomenal prestige as Mr. Pornoy and the reacquisition of Barstool Sports. Obviously, it's a plant of banana. It's a huge deal. He's probably on the phone right now talking to his parents that he just won. We expect him to call in later on today. But shout out to Mr. Pornoy and the reacquisition of Barstool Sports. Let's go ahead down into the wise investor says, Mr. Charles Schwab. This isn't directly related to investing, but Charles Schwab definitely is. I mean, if that name sounds familiar, it's because it's the name of a literal brokerage company in which, uh, you know, it's a pretty big brokerage and kind of trading company as well, but this isn't directly related to investing, but he did say the man who has done his best has done everything. It's just a good reminder that as long as you're out here trying, you're out here swinging for the fences, then that's really all that we can ask. That's really what the success is going to be for. And so that's what we're looking for there. That's pretty much it for today. doesn't look like we have any super pressing questions in the comments here, but as always, thank you guys very much for joining us on this live stream here today. We'll see you once again tomorrow. we got another Platinum Banana coming out. 
Remember to shoot us an email, shoot us any kind of message if you have some ideas for a platinum banana or want to disagree with my take, anything like that whatsoever. We're always looking for the smoke. You guys know this, so definitely feel free to let it fly. But for now, we'll just say thanks so much for joining us here today on this Wednesday. It is now 12, 13 p.m., Wednesday, December 20th. We love to see you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Happy trading, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye now.